Hello, and welcome to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Plannerverse, where today we have a special episode. We're calling this the procrastination episode. We meant to do it yesterday, but we procrastinated to today. <laughs> On with me, as usual, is the is the worst half of the gruesome twosome, Steve Morton. Hello, Steve. Hello, the the biggest procrastinator ever. You mean the king, the king of the procrastinators. <laughs> and, I'm here for and, a lesson today. And with us is uh, the glorious and magnanimous Lisa Lewis, who is a licensed clinical social worker, coming to us to educate. A school is in session. And Lisa is going to give us the what's upness of procrastination. Lisa's coming to us from Virginia. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Hello. The Plannerverse is indeed excited to find out. They wanted to know more about this, but they were delaying the episode. And we're just going to have full of procrastination jokes. I think this, this episode should just be filled <laughs> with procrastination jokes. So this, this whole topic came up because... Um, Somebody had mentioned in the planerology site, in the social group, they said, hey, hey, do one on procrastination because I write stuff down all the time and then I never do it. And I was like, you know what? This is a good time for me to call my friend Lisa and see how she's doing. And I was like, hey, Lisa, you want to talk about this? She's like, oh, yeah, let me tell you, this is an important topic. This is wired into our brains. And I was like, okay, this is going to be good. So we don't even know right now if this is going to be a one or two part series, maybe even three. I don't know. But Lisa, I hand the ball over to you. Please tell us why are we so fascinated with procrastination? What can you educate us with? Well, we all do it, and um, I actually prepared for this first thing this morning, and I think I sent you an email at 10 o'clock last night to Late tell last you night. Yes. what this is going to do, <laughs> what this is going to be about. That's so, right. Procrastination. Um, I guess we'll start with the meaning of procrastination comes from the Latin pro, which is forward, and crastinus, which means tomorrow. So we are forwarding everything off till tomorrow. And that's what procrastination is. I love that. <laughs> it's such, it's like a little love letter, Steve. I procrastinate you into tomorrow. Bye, Steve. See you, see you tomorrow. <laughs> the, the manana approach. The manana approach. The manana of it all, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. The manana effect. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And actually, um, so, the, the definition, I'll give you the definition. It's just, it, it's putting off things that we know eventually it's going to have negative consequences. You know, we still do it. So we're still doing it. Um, so why? We we're mindful it. of it, right? We're conscious of it. And we know that if we don't do this particular thing, it's not going to be good for us. Like the more we delay, mm -hmm. the worse it gets. And I, I, you know what? I just remembered where this came from because I'd put up a meme about a man dressed in a bear costume chasing another guy down this farm road, right? And I think it said something to the effect of um, me putting off something for five years or something like that, that it took me 15 seconds to complete, right? But it's still chasing me down the street for five years. <laughs> um, so so that's what what is going on with our brains? Are we trying to sabotage ourselves? What is this, Lisa? A part of it is. Part of it is we're trying to sabotage ourselves. Um, it is, believe it or not, procrastinating is kind of a natural way of being for us. Psychologically speaking, it's very comfy for us to procrastinate, and that's why we do it. 
it is much, much easier to be comfy and not do the thing that we don't want to do than to do the thing that we don't want to do. So we keep putting it off and putting it off and we make all sorts of excuses and, and live in the world of denial and, and, uh, and, like I said, excuses, and we do a lot of things, distractions and um, blaming. So a perfect example would be, I've got a test on Friday. I've got to study for that awful yeah. test on Friday. Um, but I've got to pick my kid up at school today, and I've got a gym practice tonight, and I've got to do this thing. Oh, and I've got to make dinner, and I've got to do all the stuff that I don't want to do. And Thursday night comes around. And I haven't studied for my test. And so now it's going to cause all this anxiety in me. And then on Friday when I take the test and I don't do well on the test, I make the excuse and say, well, I had all this other stuff to do and that's why. So that's kind of part of the anxiety building. So we're, 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 we're prone to making excuses uh, to justify the fact that we've delayed the pain. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? It is. We're prone to making excuses. So where does the RAS fit in all this? The planner versus familiar with the reticular activating system and how it helps us when we actually write things down, physically write things down, as opposed to tip-tapping them into a glass surface or on even a typewriter, I would think, would have a similar effect. Um, but so where does the RAS fit in all this? Is this the friend or the foe when it comes to procrastination? It can be your foe. And it can be your friend. So it starts out as your foe. Um, the reticular activating system, it's, it's responsible for putting things in priority in your life. What's important? What's the most important thing? And it orders those in your mind. So in the beginning, as far as procrastination is concerned, it can be your foe because it can put these other things as much more important of course, taking care of your children is important. Of course, cooking dinner is important. Feeding yourself is important. Um, it puts those things ahead of the thing that you're procrastinating about. However, it can be your friend in saying, okay, well, I need to motivate myself to do this thing because it's important because I will get X reward at the end. So people, I like to give examples. I like to give you know analogies and examples you have a big PowerPoint slide to do for work, 20 slides, 25 slides on some horrible subject that you don't want to do. Um, in Celery the, studies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning, your, your RAS says, okay, well, it's important, but it's not as important as X, Y, and Z. Oh, Okay. In, so it's kind of, in, it looks, it sounds to me like it's like um, the the big Oz. Do you remember in the Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. when we finally meet Oz, mm-hmm. he's only presenting the side of him that he thinks should be seen. Because if the real him is seen, then it's all going to break down. And it seems like that's what the RAS is doing, is saying, take a look at this, not this, right? Yeah, and your RAS is responsible for motivation as well. So when you can find the motivation, so say this PowerPoint slide is going to be presented to the big bosses, and the big bosses, you may get a promotion out of this, or you may get a raise out of this, and money is the biggest motivator of all. So when you can tune your brain and tune your RAS to that, oh, well, I may get some extra money out of this, 
then it's a whole different mm. story. Then the procrastination flies out the window and you're like, I have to focus because I'm going to get millions of dollars for this. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so See, then it was like that for you, right? You got millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so then the, the, your rat going your, up in France, I see. <laughs> <laughs> your rat becomes your friend. Um, you, you can focus in on the thing and you're like, well, the most important thing is my, you know, promotion, which is going to give me a million dollars. I must get this done. I must focus. You focus in and procrastination, the little procrastination monster goes out, out the window. But before that, mm. finding the motivation is what people struggle with. It's Steve, how do you find sight, your... out of mind. What's that, Steve? Not out of sight, out of mind. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask you, Steve, how do you how do you motivate yourself when you're not excited to do something? What do you what do you say to yourself? I having the reminder that I've got to do it, um, whatever it is, even if it's just something simple and routine. By writing it in the planner, that's the thing that gets me sort of started. And it's a sort of a. The unticked box next to it is the sort of reminder that I've not done that yet and I need to do it. Um, occasionally I will for, I will do something and then forget to tick the box. So um, <laughs> there's a bit of a quick catch up then. But um, it's the, the planner to me helps me sort of get it into my head that, about what I'm going to be doing today or doing tomorrow or, you know, the day after. I tend not to try and think too far ahead because otherwise I get confused as to what day of the week it is very quickly. Um, But certainly using sort of putting all these sort of, you know, rather sort of petty tasks in a a way, I suppose, Mm. to some people into a planner just gets them done. And I then remember that if this is something I'm doing every sort of week and a half or whatever there's there's no way i can remember when when i last did something um you know it's it's sort of 10 days two weeks ago well that's why you write it down so you don't forget struggle to remember whether was it last week or was it the week before last or, or whatever so right i've given up trying to even remember that sort of stuff now because it's just easier to write it down in advance and then as as the sort of weeks come round um i can sort of tick stuff off as it as as it goes sort of thing one of the uh, biggest chaotic moments for me in my life has been when when pieces of my life start moving at a faster rate than i can write down into my planner so let's say there's just two or three emergent issues emergency issues right that need to be handled and i don't have time to put these issues into my calendar or my planner because they're just occurring in real time. And so I find that the, for me, the procrastination happens because I don't have a grasp of all the spinning plates yet. And so in the process, things get lost in the loop. And what I've learned to do is that, like you said, not to plan too far ahead. So I do like maybe a week to, 
two weeks max. Mm. And if there's major milestones, I'll, I'll throw them into where they belong so that I can have vis- visibility on them. But really, I'm no longer living those um, putting out fire moments because at least for the next two weeks, I can sort of see where I can slot people in. And that's my opportunity I've found to say no. When people come up and I see that my week is already full of color coding, that means that that week has already been touched and it need, whatever next episode needs to happen has to move into the following week after that or whenever, but just not the next week. And I think that's when my procrastination or motivation to not procrastinate kicks in because then I have a grasp of what's going on in my week. And uh, Lisa, if you wouldn't mind piping in here, how does, does, is that actual science with the RAS? Like if I'm writing things down, giving myself mental space to know that I've got to get X amount of things done in the next two weeks, um, is my RAS helping me by writing that down? Or am I just tricking myself into thinking that I'm motivated? No, I think you, your RAS is helping you with that, but I will speak to that and, and something on the psychology of the brain and instant gratification, the psychology of instant gratification. So we, as human beings, we like to live in a world where we get pretty instant gratification. We like to get our rewards pretty quickly. So we do a task, we get a reward, do a task, get a reward. We like that. It makes us very happy. So... Steve was talking about planning things way, way far in advance and how that's a really hard kind of concept to hang on to. That is true. So, you know, recommending kind of tips and tricks. Keep your your list short. Um, If you have a large thing that is out in in way far in, in advance, keep the small goals short, short term, so that you are getting your reward system met um, and, and you're a happy human being. Your RAS is going to be happy because it's motivating you to do the short-term thing, to do the little thing. Don't do the 100-page PowerPoint. Do the first three slides. Then you'll be happy. Then you reward yourself. So human beings work very well. You know, it's part of conditioning. We work very well on a short-term reward kind of system. So do your three PowerPoint slides, have a cookie, do three more, have a glass of wine, (laughs) do 10, have a glass of wine and three cookies. Steve's on top of that, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah, I see. I knew he was on top of this one, like a fat kid on cake. (laughs) So when you're, when you're building, uh, yeah, go ahead. When you're building things into your planner, set small goals, you know, weekly goals or daily goals, build those into your planner, but also build in the reward, you know, tick your little reward of what you're going to get beside of it. So that a cookie sticker, a cookie sticker, a, cookie a, sti- a wine glass sticker. <laughs> Perfect. A wine glass sticker. That's, a, that's what you need, Steve, some champagne glass stickers. Yeah, I need to order uh, a few of them. <laughs> Allison would be all over that. So is it... Um, is it then interesting the way uh, Steve said it that if he's doing smaller projects, then he's he's actually winning. He, he has a tendency of completing tasks and then forgetting that he didn't write them down. So then he goes back into his planner, writes it down, and then ticks the box. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what you were actually just t- then talking about? Because you're so motivated to clean something up. 
Hmm. One of the other things that I um, do, if I'm here on my own at the house and there's, you know, I'm sort of taking on a whole extra workload, if you like, by being here, because we, we tend to split the tasks between the two of us quite often. It's just got that way after sort of 37 years of marriage. It sort of happens. Um, but when I'm here on my own, what I tend to do is I if I don't have my planner to hand, which is tends to sit on my desk all the time, I use a small pocket notebook by the side of the bed and I'll jot things into that last thing at night or during the day sort of in the kitchen somewhere so it's always to hand and ready to sort of jot things in but if that becomes a bit of a mess because it can be a you know a mixture of um, shopping list come sort of job list and, and all the rest of it but it's great to sort of cross those off when I've either done it if it was you know a quick sort of you know, go and put the bin out or something deaf like that or I've transferred it into my main planner and then it sort of all gets back into order again then but it is a relief to sort of uh, sort of get back to our normal sort of regime when Alison gets back again sort of thing it um, it sounded to me Lisa did I ever discuss the Pomodoro technique with you no you have not Okay, so this is this little um, tomato timer. That's what's called a Pomodoro technique because this guy had his mother's kitchen timer. And so the idea was that um, he would wrap it to 20 minutes and it goes tick, 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 right? One of these old ones. And he would work uninterrupted for 20 minutes. And then at the end of every 20-minute Pomodoro cycle, he would give himself a 5, 10, and 15-minute break in increments and then go back to fives again. So he would restart the clock. And he would count how many tomatoes, quote-unquote tomatoes, he would achieve during the day, and that's how the Pomodoro technique came up. And I'm beginning to think that what you said with the rewarding the brain with the short-term wins, that that's why this technique is so successful. You can use any timer. They have Pomodoro timers on your apps now and things like that. But I think that's why it might be so successful because you're getting such a big win in such a short amount of time. And so it's actually the marriage of the Pareto principle and the Pomodoro technique together that are causing this short-term success or win for the brain. And then we still have that pending 100-page, what did you say, 100-page PowerPoint slide presentation to prepare for the boss. It's still there, but somehow it makes it uh, easier knowing that all the other loose items have been completed and now that's all you have to focus on. I know for me, that would make me a lot more comfortable. In fact, that's how I functioned this week when I knew I had finals coming up. Uh, I pushed everything to next week so that I could focus, finish my finals, and then now I can handle whatever next week throws at me because this was the big thing I needed to get off off my desk. Mm -hmm. And so what would you say, Lisa, to the planner verse that keeps writing things down in their planner and then chooses to ignore them. They procrastinate because, and then they get mad at themselves the following week. What's a good conversation to have with these people? What is your motivation? What is your number one motivator? And people are motivated by different things, money, food, alcohol, uh, buying fancy shoes. I mean, people are, are motivated by different things. You have to have the strongest motivator that you can think of to get you to complete that task. If somebody said, I'm going to give you a nickel if you write a paper, you'd be like, eh, okay. If somebody said, I'll give you $100 if you write that paper, that's a little bit more of a motivator. Or, you know, whatever your $100 is. If it's a pair of Jimmy Choo's, 
then maybe that's your motivator. I'll take you out and buy you whatever shoes you want, but I need you to do this thing. So that's Steve, where's your Jimmy choose? Yeah, your Jimmy choose. <laughs> I got me slippers on today. <laughs> it's got slippers on today. <laughs> so, okay. So I guess what you're saying is you have to find your why. You have to find what's motivating you to do this thing and why you're trying to be complete with it, perhaps, as opposed to what doing it and being complete with it are two separate things. So maybe going after the brass ring, which is why are you completing this instead of, oh, I have to complete this. Maybe it's a, I get to complete this. I get yes. to have this be part of my life. And I think that's the conversation that we need to have in terms of aligning what you're putting down in your planner with the goals that you've set up for yourself so that you're actively working on completing these goals throughout the year. Steve, I know you want to say something. Go on, go on. Have a, pic have a picture of whatever it is you're aiming for. Exactly. Mm. So beside your work. I'm a big fan of, of vision boards, big fan of vision boards. Mm. I make people do vision boards. What's, what's your big ticket item that you want? Mm. That's, that's your motivator. It I really does put things in perspective. You oh, Steve, spreadsheets don't count. <laughs> it depends on the person. It works out yes. easier how much I've got to save up. Clearly. Oh, yeah. oh, because oh, you're doing numbers. That's why you're looking at the yeah, bottom yeah, line yeah. in terms of numbers. Mm -hmm. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. So, how much is um, this new camera going to cost me in total? <laughs> Scary. <laughs> Hence, I keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off because I can't justify spending that amount of money on it. But there we go. It's another thing. In other news, we have a Patreon site that might support Steve and his camera obsession. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need a few more Patreons to do that. <laughs> well, so the idea is that I, I wanted to have this episode and see what, what comes out of it. But ideally, what we're going to get is a set of tools to help us move p past the procrastination. And I know uh, for myself, it's, oh, there, see, there's Onslow. How else would it be an episode without Onslow? Um, so, Steve, <laughs> what do you say about uh, the idea that being able to have tools to help us move past procrastination is what we're looking for in this episode? I think where you've got a large um, task to sort of deal with, you know, the, the vision board thing is a great idea because it helps you break that task down into sort of you get the sort of you've, you've worked it out ahead of time, which then lets you sort of think, ah, right, OK, well, I, rather than sort of starting at the start and working your way through your 100 slides or whatever, which is a great example <laughs> death by powerful um if you've got a better idea of one of the easier ones to do that might be slide number 47 or 42 as the case may be um you can easily then get that one done and it's it's sort of tucked away and it's ready and then you can sort of work out from that the one after it the one before it maybe and you know work on sort of you know, it might help you sort of come up with the ideas for the sort of the harder ones to sort of, you know, visualize and work out. I mm. had to do a a flow diagram of a thought, you know, it was a process that I'd got in my head already. It was there already. But trying to put it, trying to explain the thing um, to 
other people in the UK was not easy. So I ended up thinking, right, so a flow diagram, if, you know, if, if you do this and yes, no, you ask a question, is the answer yes or no? If it's yes, you go down this branch. If it's no, you go down that branch and so on and so on until you got to the, the very end of the thing. It wasn't very yeah. big. But at first, I, you know, first the problem was, how do I create a flow diagram or a ch process chart? I don't have any software for that. That that was my first starting point. I got to solve that problem, but I still couldn't get started on it. It was sort of I was sort of made to try and get started, but just couldn't sort of get. So I ended up getting a notebook out, a big big page notebook, and literally writing it out with boxes and the words that I wanted to go in it. And then, then I actually was able to create the thing. Um, I've not presented it yet, so I don't know if it's going to work for everyone in the rest of the team, but uh, we'll get to find that out in a, in a couple of months' Lisa, time. Lisa, would you, would you mind uh, analyzing what Steve just said a little bit for us so that we can, we can see there? No, in terms of... Um, I, I know we have tons to analyze. No, in terms of... Uh, how he wiggled himself out of a potentially damaging situation, but he fixed it, right? He, so can you just walk us through what he said? I was, I'm a little bit confused, Steve. Um, tell, you have to tell me what you did again. <laughs> right, so I had this process that, you know, it's like a decision tree, if the, you like. The flow where, chart, yeah. So there's, there's a sort of, a, you've got, a new application comes in in this case and we have to decide where this thing's going to end up in the radio spectrum and we've got a sort of set of rules already um sort of on sort of where we're going to, different holes depending on what this sort of application is and so whilst i that works for me in my head it doesn't necessarily always work for the other guys doing this because they don't know the sort of the ground rules, if you like. And that it was a case of sort of trying to communicate those ground rules in a simple way so that I could sort of say, right, well, there's the rules. You start at the top of the tree and you work your way down and that will point you into the where the most appropriate place is which sort of section of the band the thing's going to end up in. Did, did that help you, Steve? The... Um, but putting putting it down on paper, was that helpful to you versus yes, putting it in a software? It, it then sort of it got the questions in the right order. That was my problem. I, I knew, mm. knew the sort of where the end result should be. It was how do I go from the start up here to this bit at the bottom there's there's got to be sort of a few steps in between and that was the bit that i was struggling with at first. so you you've used um a visualization so visual technique which is uh, which is mm. really good you know we uh, some people are very visual learners and visual people and in taking this this task that you had to do and delineating it out in a flow chart it's it has made it a picture then that your brain can absorb that information better than just, than mm. just thoughts. 
that can get con- I'm trying to see if I've still that can it. get you know muddled up sometimes. And would that explain why he he was able to quickly close out the project as soon as he had it on paper versus yep. trying to do it in a digital format first? Yes. So writing it down and and doing that brain to hand. Uh, activity, it it imprints it in your brain, but it also gives your brain time to actually delineate out what is happening, come up with your ideas. It kind of slows things down a little bit rather than having the thoughts just kind of worrying about in your head. You have a visualization, a step-by-step, almost like you're following directions, like a map, like you are actually Mm. following step one, step two, step three, in a visual way that your brain can then absorb that information visually. It's like walking into a maze. You, you know where you want to get to, but you're not entirely sure. When you come to this junction, right, which way do I go? Do I go right or do I go left? Mm-hmm. Um, and what you did was you created arrows. You created mm. the arrows that point you in the right yep. direction. I like this idea that you said, Lisa, it really uh, resonated with me, what you said a moment ago, that the writing process slowed things down for the brain so that it's not just a bunch of ideas muddled around in there. The brain is actually taking the time to process what each step is to get in order to get to the next. And I think that slowing down is what resonates with our 50,000-year-old brains mm-hmm. because our brains aren't slotted to have these digital conversations. They're slotted to have an analog conversation, correct? Yes, exactly. There is... There is a process that happens when you write something down between your eyes and your brain and your hand. So you you have all your different sensories, sensory system involved in that. So you've got the actual writing, which is touch. You've got your eyes, which is visual. And you've got, you know, all of that input going into your brain. So instead of just the digital, which is just visual and it's not really tactile, you actually have a tactile system a tactile thing event that's happening that's imprinting that into your brain and our brains are not made for typing our brains are made for writing we haven't quite evolved maybe the generation behind us or maybe that the next generation (laughs) behind them will be a fully digital kind of uh, generation but not not us i don't think it's it's the sort of the the big idea of going into the paperless office it's a pipe dream in some ways yeah where where is that nowhere reality, to be found the, the reality of it is is far from um gonna happen i think for a while anyway. i agree people still like their paper mm. and of course with the what's been gone on the last two years where everyone is working in a more sort of virtual environment rather than a sort of close to sort of face to face environment of a normal office um, that's going to bring sort of various changes about um, for sure there is a lot that's lost in the digital world i mm. I definitely have to say that socially physically there's nothing like sharing space with another human being mm. I've always said the the, the main reason for breakdown in communications is the lack of face-to-face contact and actually being able to to hear uh, what people the way people say things 
Um, the actual words of what someone says is only sort of 10% of the communication. And so when you've got something like Facebook, you've, you're down to that just 10%. You've, you've lost the, the tone of voice and you've lost the sort of the body language that went with it. So it's impossible to know whether you're joking or not. Exactly. In the true sense. But, uh, are we going yeah. to draw this one to a close, Corinne, at this point? I, I think what so. Think? I think we've reached a we, we've reached a stopping point and I, I'd like to continue, but I really feel the need to procrastinate the uh, the episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think we're okay. Uh, we'll we'll discuss and see if it's if it's uh, good. We have uh, value to add with a second episode. I think we'll take a look. Lisa and I will have a chat. And Steve, you're welcome to pipe in. Mm. And of course, if anybody out there in the Planetverse is listening and hasn't fallen asleep completely to this episode, then we'd like to hear your thoughts on whether you'd like to hear more from Lisa about what she has to say on procrastination or delay it till the following day. That's fine too. Um, <laughs> But in yeah, the don't in bother the great... emailing us straight away. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't don't tell me. Send send Steve the complaints. Send me all the positive notes. Um, in <laughs> in the whole realm of the internet, where where can we find you, Lisa? Where can we find you online? Um, I'm at River Crossing Counseling in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, the website's www.rccvirginia.com. Thank you. Steve, where can we find you in the interwebs? You find me in the usual place of filofaxi.com, travelersnotebooktimes.com, and Mr. Filofaxi on the Instagrams. And over to you. And you can find me in the latest place is the Ayurvedic 108, where I've just been Chopra Global Certified to teach primordial sound meditation. I'm so excited. I'm starting a brand new section of my life, and I'd like everyone else to come on this journey with me. And uh, you can also find me at Throat Punch Resumes, Planarology, and Making Bunny Fingers Behind Steve when he's taking photographs. <laughs> so, folks, if you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to like it subscribe to it and share it. 